Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody really doing well after Thanksgiving? Yeah. 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 You didn't you didn't you didn't have to you get you get any altercations with in-laws or outlaws, right? No? Good. At least you didn't make the news, right? That's the good part. Amen. <laughs> no. I think you guys are still just full of turkey. It's that tryptopan that's just like, wow. This is really great. Man, I, the, days like today uh, are days that I love in Wisconsin, where it's a clear day, the grass is still green, uh, and it's just, uh, it's sunny, and it's crisp and nice, and no, I love this. So if you don't like it, don't tell me about it. This is where I, I these are days I get up, and I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I live in Wisconsin. I'm so glad I live here, and I get to be with you, and that's, that's, a, that's a, a great deal, too. Uh, no? Here, do me a favor. Let's just do this. <laughs> look at your neighbor and just say, man, you look good today. Even if you have to lie, just tell them that. Just, let's just have some compliments. You look really good today. Don't tell them they smell nice. That's a little creepy, but you look good is good, right? Okay, good, 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 good. And Ms. Jane, I'm, I'm sure you were pretty proud of our, our host today, our GGA. Yes, you, he's amazing, huh? That's his mom right there. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. I did tell Ryan. Yeah, he did. Give Luke a big hand. <laughs> Ryan's here. He's not contagious. He's not, uh, he doesn't have COVID or anything. He's just got this, you just get the coughing. And when you try to talk, man, it's very difficult. And so Luke just stepped in. Luke is our... Our uh, youth pastor here at the Germantown campus does a fantastic job. I told Ryan, I was watching backstage, I said, man, if I was built like that, like I would preach with my shirt off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Take that however you want to take it. I just, I got a little inner tube going on here and I can't quite, you know, I, I get up and I just go, hey, should I close the jacket today? Orly, and, and Anna, my daughter, who works with me, she goes, Daddy, just make sure your chest look like it's busting out. And I go, I know, isn't that amazing? And so she goes, no, Dad, just leave it unbuttoned. So here we go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 16. Luke, chapter 16. We're going to be in that passage today. We're in this series on economic atheists. Uh, and if you haven't been joining us for that, uh, either online or you've been traveling, you've been gone, whatever, uh, an, e an economic atheist or an economic atheist, however you want to say it, is people who believe in God and trust in him with all things except their money. And so you can look at someone who goes, hey, man, I believe in Jesus and I'm great with Jesus and I'm going to heaven and everything is good. But I just, but if I looked at your giving, not to me, but, but your giving, what you do with your finances, how you do it. It's not biblical at all. And so what happens is, is that uh, is you just kind of, you kind of dichotomize those two worlds. And the truth of the matter is, is Jesus talked more about giving and your earthly possessions and what you do than he did about prayer, than he did about heaven or hell. He does about a lot of things. Um, and uh, in Luke's gospel, chapter 16, he is unpacking this, what we do with our stuff and he uses a word that is in the King James, that's in the New King James, that's what I'm going to be reading from today, that's been translated, and I'll kind of get to that a little bit. But it's a bit of an old school word that we're going to kind of unpack today. Now, before we get into verse number nine, and, and Jesus explains the parable, and Jesus doesn't always explain the parables. So it's interesting to the ones that he explains. Also interesting 
is there's a lot of pastors and theologians on these first eight verses that don't unpack this. They just kind of skim over it. And what's very interesting to me, because as I was doing the research and I read probably a, a dozen and a half different versions of this particular passage, uh, they don't know what to do with it. And this is really funny to me when people get all kind of freaked out about money. I'm not taking a special offering today, right? There's not a pastor appreciation offering at the end of this. There's not a missions offering. There's nothing that's just, it's the week, regular weekend tithing offering, and we won't even pass the bucket. It'll be at the receptacles as you leave, just as you leave the doors today. Jesus talks about this. Why? Because this is part of how we live life and do life. And he unpacks the first part of this. It's, it's some of you, if you have a title there, uh, the first eight verses, it's the, it's the parable of the shrewd manager. I call him the good crook. He's bad, but he does it really well. Um, and uh, basically uh, his master comes to this dishonest manager because he's acted shrewdly. And, and he, uh, he, the manager says that this, uh, the, the, man, the, the, the owner, the boss, says that the manager was cunning and can, conniving and dishonest, but he was also shrewd. What he does is, is that he's about to be fired. He knows it's impending because he's been not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But before he can be let go, uh, he goes to all of the people that he's collected bills on for his master and basically says, hey, if you owe this, let's just cut it in half. And the guy's like, really? And yeah, and it's really very much a, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's a kind of a quid pro quo. It's, it's kind of a tit for tat. And, and what happens is, is that he does that hoping to gain goodwill so that when his master fires him for being a dishonest uh, uh, manager, uh, he's got some place to go and there's a couple people that owe him some favors. Maybe he can pick up a job somewhere else. Again, first century, not much different than the 21st century, right? It's just people are people. And, but, but the boss, before he lets him go, says, hey, man, at least you acted really shrewdly. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> I'm really impressed on how you handled this. You're still fired because you're taking money out of my pocket. But how you went about it actually is pretty, 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 pretty interesting. Jesus tells this parable. So a parable is a story with a meaning. And he's not suggesting that you and I, as followers of Christ, are dishonest in business practices or that we are, are, are conniving. But he is suggesting that we can learn something as followers of him from how the world does business. And I'm going to unpack that in a minute. He basically kind of separates in this parable. There's two kinds of people. There's the world. So they're not Christ followers. And basically all they believe is whatever's in this present physical, material world, that's all there is. So it's a dog eat dog. It's get the biggest slice of the pie you can. It's cut everybody you can cut, every man for themselves. This is what it's all about. And then he also likens that unto those of us who are Christ followers. He calls them people of the light. First uh, John chapter one, uh, verse five, we'll, 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 we'll unpack this a little bit more. I'm not gonna get into that today, but basically, that those of us that are not of this world, those of us that are children of the light, in essence, uh, view this world that we live in, this physical material world as temporary, but that heaven, the other side of this world is what's eternal. That we're not living for today. There, 
what today is kind of a dress rehearsal for eternity. What we do today matters in eternity. What we do today is what gets us to eternity. What we do today counts in eternity. And the only thing we can take to eternity is not wealth that we've acquired or money or houses or homes or barns or bigger barns. The only thing we can take with us are people and we lay up treasures in heaven. Therefore, our view of this world is that it is physical, but there is a spiritual world that is much more important. And Jesus said we should learn to be a little more shrewd in the ways of the world without becoming like the world. Basically, as Christ followers, we should understand that money is a means, not an ends. Money, the accumulation of wealth, we're going to get to this in just a second. He unpacks it in verses 9 through 13. He explains this, is that it is, it is it's simply a means. It, 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 it's, it's not the object. It's not the focus. It just simply is a means. It's not the ends. The world... Uh, this, this, this good crook, this shrewd manager, uh, uh, the, the way the world views it is that money is all there is. Amass all you can, pile up all you can, take all you can, do all you can. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Watch how they deal with this so that you leverage that for kingdom good. I'm going to explain that in a minute. But it's just a means. It's just a tool. So let's look at Luke's gospel, chapter number 16. Verse number nine, New King James, he explains this particular parable. And uh, he says it this way. He said, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is also unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, I'm going to come back to that, who will commit to you, to your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, Let's look at this. What's interesting is there's this word mammon that's used three times. Mammon is used three times in this particular passage. Now, mammon is not a word. That's what I was referring to earlier. Mammon is not a word that we use in our everyday vocabulary. And there's a reason because it's an Aramaic word in essence. It's not an English word or even a Hebrew word or a Greek word. And what mammon means is unrighteous wealth or worldly wealth. Remember how we dichotomize that there are people that this is all there is. It's the world. And then there are those who say, no, 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 no. We, we who are Christ followers believe that there's an eternity. And so what we do here matters there. And, and so, and, and if you have an NIV, an NCV, NASB, I can just keep going on and on all day. They're going to use one of those two phrases to do this. Because mammon is one of these words that it's, it's, it's just, it's old school. Uh, King James, New King James, but, but I think it kind of stands out in a way to make you ask the question, what is that? What's he talking about? What, what is mammon? And basically what he's saying is this, there's a spirit vying for the money in your wallet. I almost went to the ATM today to try to get a $100 bill just, just to say, look, there is nothing inherently evil with this $100 bill, but how you use it and the spirit behind what you do with it is what makes the difference. There, there, there's two spirits that Jesus says. There's the spirit of God that's at work and there's the spirit of mammon. 
So, so this mammon, uh, the, the spirit of mammon, let's talk about what this is. If you're taking notes, the first statement I'm going to give you is that mammon is more than money. Mammon is not just money. It's a spirit behind the money and how you use it. So mammon is used in the Bible only four times. And Jesus uses it three times here in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. Mammon is an Aramaic word that refers to the Syrian God of wealth. In essence, it's, it's a pagan view of money, a pagan view of wealth, a pagan view of resources, pagan, sinful, anti-God, anti-Christ. Mammon is a spirit that contrasts itself with the spirit of God. And he talks about this. Mammon is something that promises everything that only God can give. It promises identity. It promises security. It promises significance. It promises happiness. It promises joy, but it cannot give that. So when you see that word mammon, only used four times in scripture and three times it's used right there in the passage I just read, Jesus is basically saying, look, on the money that you have, the resources that you have, there is a, a spirit that's attached to that. Not like Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of a spirit, right? Not a paranormal type of a movie type of a spirit. You understand? This is not like poltergeist, the, 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 you know, right? Are you with me? So don't make this like something, but it's, it's basically how you view it and what you do with it. So let's just keep, let me keep walking this out. The second statement is that money is not evil. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to scripture because I know some of you go, I know there's a passage. I'll get there in just a second. Money is not evil. Back at verse number nine, he says, and I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an eternal home. This is almost like a... Uh, a contradiction. He's kind of almost being sarcastic. It's almost like, yeah, why don't you take that money that you have and see how you can wheel that into eternity? See where your money gets you into eternity. One commentator, and there's very few commentators on this, says this, that Jesus is saying that we need to be clever in using our money. So the end result will be seeing people in heaven. You cannot buy your salvation or anyone else's salvation you can't buy true friends, but notice how the crooked manager uses his discounts to influence his, his customers so that they would receive him favorably after he lost his job. In the same way, we should be using our money to influence people for Christ. So like giving to missions and all that. Obviously, the best way to do that is to give your money for missions and evangelism. You, this ruler, this, this shrewd manager is trying to leverage worldly money, mammon, in order to make for himself and Jesus almost kind of tongue-in-cheek, sarcastically is saying, hey, why don't you try to use that in eternity? It doesn't work that way. But at the same time, those of you who are children of light, those of you who, are, who, who understand that, that, that heaven is your home and that, that eternity is way more important than today, why don't you use that and leverage that in a way that actually makes a difference in the sweet by and by and not just the here and now? Instead of spending it just all here, what about using that to make a difference in eternity? See, money is not inherently evil, but every bit of money, resource that you have has a spirit attached to it. Spirit of God, the spirit of mammon. What's the difference? The spirit of God, I'm using it in a way, it's just simply a tool. Spirit of mammon, it's an idol. 
Spirit of God, I'm going to take this and I'm going to use this to pay bills for my home, for my family, to provide, to do that. Because God tells us to do that. God tells us to, 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 to increase. He tells us to, to, to have families. He, he tells us to be fruitful and to multiply. So I'm going to do that and all the things that come with that. And so this is, this is good. This is a good use of these resources. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to take that just because that's the object to have a, have a house or a bigger house or barns or bigger barns or more, more, and allow the monster of more greed to become more and more and more where it's this pecking order that I have more than you. Therefore, I'm more valuable than you. And that it's all about money. It's all about money. The spirit of God is like, no, 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 no. It's about good. It's not an idol. It's not an object to accumulate for that itself. It's simply something to use to leverage. The difference between whether it's spirit of God or spirit of mammon, it's how you use it. It's what you do with the resources that you have. That's why I'm talking about this. Interesting. I don't know that I've ever, when I was unpacking this, I've ever done a message where I've explained mammon. I just kind of go on. But when you realize, hey, man, the money that you give for the work of the Lord, the money that you use to help the people that you work with, if, you're, if you own a business that you invest so that that business is strong, so that it's providing for families, it's providing for, it, it's, it's, it's all how God tells us to use these things. It's, it, it's helping people. It's blessing your family. It's all those things. The Spirit of God is in that because it's not an idol. Mammon is, I'm going to get as much as I can, as much as I can. I'm going to do as much as I can. It's all about I. It's all about me. It's all about my. It's all about this world. If I've got this, I want that. If I'm at this level, I've got to be at the next level. Whatever. It's just the monster of more. I don't very rarely quote the Wall Street Journal, but it comes to money. They have a very interesting quote that I happen to agree with. It says, money is an article which may be used as a universal passport to everywhere except heaven. This is Wall Street Journal. And as a universal provider for everything except for happiness. Mammon? tells you you can buy your way into heaven. Mammon says you can buy your way into happiness. Even the Wall Street Journal doesn't agree with that. Because you ever talk to someone who's tried to do that? You ever watch a documentary of someone who has everything and yet they're empty on the inside? Mammon. It's all about this stuff. It's all about this will help me and this will do this and this will do this. And at the end of it, it's not because... Again, that's not what it's there for. Many people mistakenly think that the Bible says that money is evil, and this isn't true. And this is the verse that's quoted, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed away from their faith and their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Notice that money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's a root of all evil. Money in and of itself is just a modicum of exchange. The love of money, that's mammon. So you're telling me, Aaron, that whatever I have, how I view that and how I spend that is either honoring God or dishonoring to God. It's either righteous or it's unrighteous. That in and of itself, the money that I have is neutral. According to scripture, yeah. Wow, you have that much leverage in your own life as to what you have. 
See, loving and serving mammon, that's the root of all evil. Mammon is is an unrighteous means to acquiring wealth. Mammon is unrighteous desires in using your wealth. Mammon is corrupting influence of wealth that leads people to unrighteousness. That's what mammon is. Material wealth in our world, anytime you look at material wealth, it's either a tool or it's an idol. It's a tool. Hey, I can use this to help people. I can do this to help people. If you've seen the movie Schindler's List, in the end, he talks about, and he did an incredible, incredible work. I actually went to the factory, the building where the factory was, uh, after going to Auschwitz and seeing the horrific trials and issues there. This could have saved this many more. This could have saved this many more. This could have saved if I would have only done more. It's how I view what I have. So if you're blessed today, financially, you're not blessed just for your own sake. You're blessed to be a blessing to other people. Again, we're not taking a special offering today. Right? Just, I'm asking you to get your checkbook out. I mean, you as a church are one of the most generous people groups I've ever been around in my life. But you get it. You get it. You get that you're blessed to be a blessing. So what you have is not unrighteous. It's actually righteous because what you're using it for is to educate your children, clothe them, feed them, yourself, provide. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. This is not about the size of a house. This is not about the brand of clothes. This is not about where you shop. This is not about, this is not about even any of the, the, the things that you do to enjoy this world. The Bible talks about how we should be people that are, you know, we, we should enjoy the fruit of our labor. There's nothing wrong with that. We should have a day that where, we, where we rest. That's the reason why God created the Sabbath. Uh, we, we should, we, you know, and so whatever it is, whether you, whether you go camping with your family, whether you like to go to, to, to the beach, uh, wh- wh- whether you're involved in all these extracurricular activities with sports and things of this, all the, all the, man, be, be blessed. There's nothing wrong. And, and, and at the same time, you know, to, to make sure that you're taking care of your own stuff so that, so that when you retire, you, you have, you have enough income so that you're not a burden to someone and that you're taking care of. And I, none of that is wrong. You're providing for your family. Remember, Remember, God instituted family before he ever instituted the church. Paul says, if you don't provide for your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So, so provision for your family and blessing for your family, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's all covered in, 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 in the whole healthy use of resources. What's wrong is when the object becomes about how much I have and I have more than you. What becomes wrong is when I cut corners and I am unrighteous in the way that I'm going about acquiring wealth. What's wrong is that when I see someone in need and I have the ability to help them and I just tell them to be warm and well-fed and I go on. That's where it becomes mammon. That's where it becomes unrighteous. That's where I have to kind of check myself because then it's all become an unrighteous pursuit. The truth of the matter is you get to choose. You get to choose whether the money that you receive, whether you work for the most godly company in the world or the most ungodly company in the world, it doesn't matter. You, you choose whatever that is you receive, how's that going to be used? How's it going to be viewed? How is it? 
Is money something that you love? Is money something that's all you talk about? Is money something that that's the complete goal? Or is it just a tool? Third statement. I think it's my final statement. Yep. When we are faithful with money and how we use it, we'll be blessed and heaven will be filled. When we are faithful with money, we will be blessed and heaven will be filled. This is never trying to take from you. It's trying to help you keep all this in proper perspective. Nothing wrong with having money, something wrong with money having you. Look at verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least will be also faithful in much. He also goes on and says, whoever is unfaithful at least will also be unfaithful in much. If you have little and you fail to use it righteously, then you'll never have much. Verse 11 says, if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous mammon, just with the money that's given to you, who will commit to you true trust, your trust, true riches? True riches that are eternal, things that, only, that will last forever. What really is important? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what's your own? If you're not faithful with the sheep of another man's pasture, you'll never have sheep of your own pasture. I learned that a long time ago in, in serving other pastors and churches when I was working in staff work for almost a decade of my life. If I was faithful with that youth group, if I was faithful with that ministry, if I was faithful with what that pastor entrusted in me, then, then in God's time and in God's way, he would open the door and he would allow me to be able to handle and be given what I can handle. But if I'm not faithful in that, if I'm not faithful to that person that God's brought me under, if I'm not faithful in that way, then I'll never be faithful with, with, with my own. I'll never have that. See, true riches, that's people. Uh, money, bank accounts, cars, houses, they all pass away, right? There's no U-Haul behind a hearse, right? You know that. Like, you can't take any of this stuff with you. The only thing that lasts forever is people. People. Do you want to know the reason why that I constantly push missions? Because it's about people. That you're going to invest. You have a strategy for saving. You have a strategy for investing. You have a strategy for retirement. I want you to have a strategy for giving. Well, where do I give? Well, you give and you invest where you get the highest yield return with people. So, I mean, we're, we're real stringent about this, even with missions and missionaries. We don't, I, I, I get calls every week. I get people asking me every week for, for resources and, and can your church help and, and, and what? And, and so we prayerfully consider, but we also look at the ROI to make sure that, hey, this money is going where they say it's going to go and that this is being properly invested and it's being properly leveraged. So when I stand before you, when I tell you, hey, we're gonna give money to, finish a, a Bible in a particular heart language in like Sri Lanka, that's where it goes. Or we're, we're, gonna, we're going to, um, uh, we're, we're gonna help build a, a Bible college in Northern India. That's where it goes. We're gonna help this missionary family establish a church in this particular, that's where it goes. And so, and so that, and so that it, it's all going, because again, the only thing that really lasts and counts as people. So if, if I 
If I understand that, then heaven is populated and, and, and hell is plundered when we're faithful with the resources, the money that God entrusts to us. That's what this is about. Again, I said this from the very beginning of this series and I'll say this again today and I'll say it next week when we close out the series. This is your business, it's not my business. My business is to tell you what Jesus said. My business is to try to make and give you some understanding and some context to what's going on. My business is to try to help translate it to a 21st century version, which quite frankly, because people are people, it's kind of all the same. Same then, same now. Your business is what's in your hand. Is it mammon? Is it unrighteous wealth? Or is it righteous? How you pursued it, how you will spend it, how you view it is what makes it righteous or unrighteous. That's a lot of power to have. Because in and of itself, money, even the Wall Street Journal says is just a modicum of exchange. Neither right nor wrong. Then get you into heaven. You know what it can do? It can touch this life and this life and this life and this life, and it can help through missions and evangelization change the world in which we live in. Some of you, you, you don't need church. I mean, you don't really like, you're going to go to heaven. You're in a right relationship with the Lord. You read the Bible. You pray. You get this. You've been around. I'm not telling you anything you don't know today. You're like, I've heard this before, Pastor, but I'm going to tell you a good sermon. Because I just want to support you and be supportive. But do you know who needs people like you that are willing to pay for seats like you sit in and platforms that I stand on? It's your kids. It's your grandkids. So when you give, whether it's to start a new campus, again, we're not taking a special offering today. I'm just trying to connect the dots. When you support, that's what makes a difference. See, I, I'm gonna go to heaven whether the life church is here or not. But one day I'll have grandkids in this church. And I want there to be a place. I want there to be a youth pastor like Luke who loves Jesus, who's married to a wonderful woman like Megan who loves Jesus that can pour into my grandkids' lives so that they true have the same experience of Christ in their heart and in their life and to live it out. And when the storms and the trials of life come, that there's a place called a local church that they're able to go to. So I invest. Why? Because I want my own kids and grandkids, and should the Lord tarry, great grandkids, who will come to this church, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, understand that they have a responsibility and that God loves them and has a plan for their life. I don't do it for me. I do it for people that have yet to come. 
I do it for the storms and the trials and the tribulations that people are going to go through. My family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. I used to do this sermon years ago when I was a youth pastor. It's an illustrated message, and I it was called "In the Hands of a Right Man." I was thinking about it when I was prepping for this message. And I would do things like I would have a football and say, in my hands, this football is just what it's worth, what I pay for at the sporting goods store. But in the hands of so-and-so, it's worth X number of millions of dollars a year as a professional athlete. A basketball in my hands is only worth what I pay for at the sporting goods store. But in the hands of this professional NBA player, it's worth X number of millions of dollars. This hockey stick in my hand is only worth what I pay for at the sporting goods store. But in the hands of this leading NHL player, it's worth X number of millions of dollars. These spikes in my hands are only going to cause pain, but in the hands of the right man, Jesus, it brings eternal life. So is true with all that God's blessed you with. The resources, the finances that he's blessed you with in the hands of everybody else, it's just money, it's just wealth, it's just mammon. But in the hands of someone who loves Jesus, who's not an economic atheist, it's life to that missionary, to that church planner, or even maybe to your kids or your grandkids that are in life kids or early childhood or elementary or at youth on Wednesday night. It changes their life. That's what Jesus was talking about. My prayer today is that we look at what God's placed in our hands and use it as a tool for his glory and not as an idol to be worshiped. To make sure that it's righteous and not unrighteous. Let me pray for you today. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to unpack and sometimes there are words that are used that we don't use, verbiage, ancient language, but when we begin to unpack it, it's the same stuff. So I just pray today that Holy Spirit, as we close out this weekend service, as we just take a moment, the band does a song before Luke dismisses us. And I just pray we'd ask ourselves a question. And I'm, am I an economic atheist? Do I trust God with so many other things except with how I handle and invest and give and spend the money that I have? What I have, is it mammon? Or have I invited God into a relationship to be able to use it and leverage it for his glory and his kingdom? Holy Spirit, I pray in these next few moments, just speak to our hearts. Again, this is not my business. This is your business. This is their business. And I pray, Lord, help us to live our lives in such a way. God, never to focus on money and never to let that be our master, but to keep our eyes upon you, to be a blessing with that which you blessed us with, to be found faithful with little so that you can trust us with much. In Jesus' name, amen.